And so you just think about it in your own life. You know, there are things that we'd rather go around mm -hmm. that we can't and we have to go through. Mm -hmm. You know, loss of a parent, mm -hmm. uh, people that we know that are that have a bad diagnosis, a bad cat scan. Mm -hmm. They're sick and suffering. Yeah. And and the issue is we can't go around those things, mm -hmm. but we go through them. The key being we don't go through them alone. We go through them together. Hi everyone, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. I'm really excited to share my conversation with my friend, Father Rob Hagen. So for those of you who don't know, I lost my dad on October 9th, so the past couple of months have been a little bit difficult. However, I've learned that even in the most difficult of days, there's always something to be grateful for. There's always light to be found. So Father Rob is someone that provided me light during some of those dark days after losing my dad, and I'll be forever grateful for the kindness he has shown me. So quick background on Father Rob, he is from Philadelphia, went to Cardinal Harrow for high school, graduated from Villanova University in 1987, and then immediately went to law school. He was a successful attorney for seven years and lived a really normal life for a young man in his 20s. Then at the age of 32, he decided he wanted to become an Augustinian priest, which entailed around six years of education. In 2003, Father Rob was ordained a priest and has never looked back. He currently lives and works at Villanova as a senior athletic director and is the chaplain for the men's football and basketball teams. Father Rapp has been an incredible asset to the Villanova community, so much that Coach Jay Wright gave him the honor of being the last person to cut down the net after the 2018 championship game. Father Rapp is the type of guy that when you mention his name to anyone that knows of him, they have nothing but tremendous things to say about him. He's had a profound and powerful influence on so many people. He's the best. Throughout our conversation, Father Rob tells us not only about his life story, but also provides valuable life lessons on humbleness, patience, small acts of kindness, how to handle losing a loved one, and so much more. doesn't matter what religion you are. Father Rob's messages are universal. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome, Father Rob, to High Five Success Stories. Thank you. Excited to have you here. Um, and just so the listeners know how we're connected, I met you on October 21st at Catherine Elliott and John Powell's wedding. And it was cool for me because I had just interviewed Coach Jay Wright on September 26th. And in preparation for his interview, I read his book, Attitude. And all throughout the book, he references this Father Rob. So and I never like known about you or met you. And... So when Catherine said, oh, this guy, Father Rob, is saying the Mass, I'm like, is he from Villanova? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's the Father Rob from the book. So I was super excited, and um, the homily you gave was unreal. It really Thank resonated you. with everyone, so that was cool. And then afterwards, John and Catherine were like, why don't you ask Father Rob in the podcast? So it all unfolded in a cool way. Um, so because, and now here we are, Wednesday, November 7th, you know, shortly after, and because most of my guests are from Philadelphia and the listeners are from Philadelphia, would love for you to start off by providing a little bit of background on where you grew up in Philadelphia and went to school. I'm happy to. And it was great to meet you at the wedding. It's a small yeah. world. I, we had scrimmaged North Carolina that morning mm -hmm. in a private scrimmage. And after the rehearsal, when we connected, I had mentioned to Coach Wright that I was coming over to do the wedding. And he remembered you. He remembered oh, you cool, guys yeah. killing golf balls on the, on the drive. Catherine range. was killing it. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and our friends were killing it. wasn't me. It wasn't me either. Trust <laughs> me. And, um, and everybody was, uh, you know, it's just a small world. Um, you know, we're very sorry to hear about the loss of your dad. Yeah. There's so many people Thank that you. I know in the community that, that know your family and your dad. And so it's really, I'm really delighted to meet you mm -hmm. and uh, connect with this uh this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a local Delaware County kid, mm -hmm. um, Drexel Hill, St. Dots, okay. Cardinal O'Hara. Yeah. Um, I always laugh because, um, you know, in this world of like rankings and reputation and why you pick a school mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I always like to ask people, you know, why they came to Villanova and, you know, you expect to hear, well, you went to the final four or you're ranked in the top 10. Right. To be honest with you, I, I came to Villanova because it was close to the trolley. Okay. And I knew that I could commute and still work, you know, at a supermarket right. in Drexel Hill and, you know, get to school and get back. And I kind of commuted for uh, half my time at Villanova okay. because it was close. Right. And, uh, but it's just funny how God works, you know, that that was kind of a, a major factor was close to public transportation. Mm -hmm. And then I got here and, um, you know, the relationships and the community and I met Augustinians. Yeah. And, you know, I think growing up, you kind of have this vision of what priesthood is, you mm -hmm. know, and I thought it was, you know, people in church 24-7 kind of saying their prayers all the time. Right. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that, mm-hmm. but that wasn't really what I, I saw for my life. Okay. But I met people like Father Peter and Father mm-hmm. Stack and Father McGuire, and they were very um, involved mm-hmm. in all aspects of life. Okay. Know, Father McGuire was CFO of Villanova. So mm-hmm. They were a real you know, numbers cruncher business mind. And Father Peter was you know, chairman of the theater department, and we had Navy chaplains and prison chaplains. And, mm-hmm. and I just came to kind of view the notion of being an Augustinian in priesthood in a much broader way. Mm-hmm and ways to kind of connect with people. And um, that was a seed that was planted in my in my heart during my early years at Villanova. Okay. And I kept thinking, you know, the notion of priesthood would just kind of eventually fade away and go away. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, graduate, went to law school, was practicing law for seven years, doing criminal defense. In Philadelphia? In Philadelphia, okay. in Delaware County, in mm-hmm. Montgomery County, in Chester County. Yeah. You know, jury trials and... and Really, uh, just uh, I was I was enjoying the mm-hmm. the the. the, the uh, Were you living in Philadelphia too? I was living in in Delaware County. In Delaware County, okay, and, got uh, it. And uh, but this this notion of um, of uh, whatever you might call it a, a, a calling, yeah, a vocation, and I believe that everybody has a calling, mm-hmm. a vocation, not just religious, but everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about your dad and, and my own father passed away when I was a senior at Ohio, mm-hmm. you know, 47 years old, went to bed and, uh, you know, brain aneurysm, he never woke up. Yeah. And we know that that's upsetting and disappointing right, right. and heartbreaking. Yeah. But I got to tell you, Steph, in a weird way, um, it was one of the great blessings in my life. Mm-hmm. It really was because my dad, through his death, mm-hmm. really passed on an incredible uh, gift of wisdom to me. And that is life is short. Right. Make it count. Mm-hmm. This is an address rehearsal. Um, and um, So you were a senior in high school. That I happened. was. And then you have other siblings too, I correct? have three sisters. Okay. Yeah, they're all married. Got it. And, and how old were they when that... Um, um, so one was younger than me. So just, you know, kind of coming out of grade school into high school. Okay. And then the other two were um, in college. Okay. And then there was my mom. Right. My single mom. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, went back to work as a secretary at Mellon Bank. Okay. And, um, you know, so I was raised, um, you know, I kind of say uh, blessed among women. Right. Single mom. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I have uh, great respect for, um, you know, uh, single mothers mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what it takes to kind of keep the family together. Yeah. Um, but long story short, um, those experiences kind of shaped my decision making mm-hmm. and my vision for my life. And um, anyway, you know, whatever you're going to do, um, you know, I know we want to make money, but make an impact. Mm-hmm, right. Make a difference. Exactly, yeah. And so I, I kind of, the, the longer I put it off, the more it never, it never went away. It kept coming back. And um, I think I initially had this notion of calling as if the sky opens up. Right. And, you know, St. Paul was knocked off his horse. Okay. You know, Moses saw the burning mm-hmm. bush. Yeah. Know? And I don't think it was that at all. It was more of a gradual whisper, you know, kind of like that uh, that cell phone commercial, can you hear me now? Right. Can you hear me now? Right, right. And I think sometimes um, we're busy doing all these other things and mm-hmm. we just have to make sure our, our antennas are up to what, you know, the circumstances of our life and the spirit might be calling us to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, after seven years of, of practice and law. And so how old were you at that point? 31? I was 32. 32, okay. Yeah. So I'm 31. So, yeah. yeah. You know, in Augustine, mm-hmm. I'm an Augustinian, yeah. you know, which is very Augustinian. St. Augustine, you know, converted later in life. Okay. Uh, he was a sinner before he was a saint. Right, right. You know, yeah. He, he chased a lot of what we all chase mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, whatever it might be. Power, money, sex, ambition, mm-hmm. um, you know, title, uh, prestige. Um, we all chase those things, mm-hmm. and 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 there's nothing wrong with those things unless we think it's going to completely satisfy us. Okay. And it can be kind of like drinking salt water. Right. The more you kind of taste it, the thirstier you get. Got it. Yeah. And Augustine said, after kind of pursuing all these roads and and not really finding his peace, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lord, you've made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Mm-hmm. You know, who doesn't have a restless heart? Right. We all have restless yeah. hearts, you know. Can I get the bigger house? Can I write one more deal? Can I win one more trial? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, can I win more one more game? Yeah. You know, 
I do like to play golf and I'm really awful at it. But if I play well, <laughs> yeah. I don't come home thinking about how well I played. I think about the four or five strokes that I left out there because it could have been better. Right. And okay. so it's kind of like that notion of like, it's never really enough. Okay. And I think Augustine would say we're hardwired mm. for more. Right. And then the question is, what do we try to fill that more with? Mm -hmm. Right. And if it's something that's temporal, like, mm -hmm. you know, more money, more right. this, more that, it's not going to satisfy, like, relationship. Okay. Relationship with God, relationship with the good people around us. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it in your own life, when are you really most fulfilled and happy? When you're in right relationship. Right, exactly. You know, with, with your God, with yourself, mm -hmm. and with the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so what's really been exciting for me is to kind of take that core Augustinian principle mm -hmm. about what really um, fulfills us. And now in this environment, dealing with, you know, 18 to 22 year olds right. and student athletes and people who are driven to succeed yeah. and just kind of remind them that exactly. like, hey, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Right. Or if you made a mistake, you're forgiven, move on. Yeah. Um, so backing up a little bit, yeah. so those seven years you practiced law, so what sort of lifestyle were you living to? Like normal 20-year-olds? Yeah. yeah, I mean, 20s. you know, all through college I was a bartender. Okay. I bartended uh, at a place called Bennigan's in Springfield. Okay. And I did that for seven years. Yeah. And so all my buddies bust on me because they say, you yeah. more confessions at the yeah. bar than everything <laughs> Right. And so, you know, I came to the Winoba yeah. and, uh, you know, I wasn't on campus ministry. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, in the first pew at church. I sure, went on yeah. spring break with my buddies. Yeah. I took a Winnebago down to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I, mean, I felt like I I lived a very kind of um, active college lifestyle. Yeah. And the same thing in in my in my practice, you know. Um, I had season tickets to the Sixers, I had season okay. tickets to Villanova. Yeah. And that was kind of a big uh, back to the restlessness. Um, when I had this passing thought of maybe, you know, being Augustinian, following what might be God's call for my life, the, the reluctance was, I don't want to give all this up. Yeah. And and then the great irony is, you know, here I am, you know, I've got season tickets to Illinois, I'm going to give them up. And what does he do? Yeah. He puts me on the seat on the bench. Right. I, I've That's got the so best cool, seat yeah. in the house for, for, you know, for the shot. Right. You know? Exactly. And, and it's kind of that notion of like, God's never outdone in generosity. Mm -hmm. Don't think because you're giving something up. You know, as a parent, as mm -hmm. a friend, uh, you know, as a spouse, um, you know, that it's not going to come back to you in other ways in okay. terms of, you know, your fulfillment and peace in, in life. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had great relationships. I was dating. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was making money. Um, I was winning cases. Yeah. Um, I had an opportunity for a part, you know, equity in the firm that okay. I was working in. Mm -hmm. All those things that we all chase. Right, exactly, you know? yeah. And so I just felt like, uh, to be honest with you, I've been blessed. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, kind of back to the, that formative experience in high school, you know, what are we here for? Right. How long are we going to be here? Mm -hmm. And just, just make it count. There's nothing wrong with being a good practicing lawyer. There's yeah. nothing wrong, wrong with, with making some money and, and, and having, you know, a... a a, a lifestyle that that you know is uh, is comfortable and, and able to provide for others. Right. But it it, it was just um, that reflection that kept taking me in a particular direction. That finally, um, and I can remember you know coming home after having won a trial, and um, you know it was like seven o'clock and I'm mm -hmm. sitting down and I'm feeling pretty good and I've yeah. got like a, a, a beer and I'm having a steak and I'm watching Jeopardy. Yeah. Sure. You know and and the. Uh, Alex Trebek, you know, and the, and the guy asks the question, or, you know, takes the category, he says, uh, I'll take quotable quotes for 200, Alex. Okay. And Alex has authored the phrase, give me chastity, but not yet. Okay. And the guy says, who was St. Augustine? Right. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't get away from this guy. Yeah. You know, he just kept popping up and causing me to reflect and think in, in certain moments of my life, what am I doing? How long am I here for? Mm -hmm. And what might God be asking me to do next? Okay. And um, not long after that, um, I went into you know my my, my boss's office and, mm -hmm. and told him you know I, th I think I'm going to make a move and, and he said you know I can't believe you're going to another firm. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to another firm. <laughs> and yeah. um, back in the seminary, six more years, mm -hmm. four years of theology, 
So when you told other people besides your boss that you were yeah. going to become a priest, did you encounter any naysayers? Well, a lot of a lot of cynical ones when they find out you're an attorney, they say, you're, you know, you're an attorney. When they find out, you know, you, right. you want to become a priest, they're going to make you take two more years of morality. Right, you're right. going to have to make up for all those yeah. sins. Yeah. You know? So there was a lot of jokes flying around. Okay. Um, but to be honest with you, Steph, there really isn't a whole lot of difference mm-hmm. between what I was doing as okay. an attorney and what I do as a priest. Right. You walk with people in their high moments or their low moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you support them on their way. You're a, you're you're an advocate. Mm-hmm. You're a voice. Yeah. You're a listener. You have to hold things in confidence. Okay. And so there was a lot of similarities. And so people who who kind of knew me. Right. Um, we're not shocked. Okay. You know? Yeah. There's this one uh, fellow that I practiced with in, in the county, and uh, we both were in the back of the courtroom, and uh, this was August, and I was actually leaving at mm-hmm. the end of August to, to enter into the seminar. Okay. And Got so it. I was in there with one of my last cases. Right. And this fellow attorney didn't know, and he said, you know, how's it going? And I said, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and right outside the courthouse mm-hmm. is this hot dog stand with this guy who's legendary in media. His name okay. is Augie. He's a former boxer. Okay, cool. And his yeah. name's Augie, and he sells the hot dogs outside the courthouse. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so this attorney says to me in the back of the courtroom, he says, uh, hey, what's going on? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, this is one of my last cases. Um, you know, I'm going to enter the Augies. You know, mm-hmm. the Augustinians. I'm going to enter the Augies. Yeah. And he says, you're going to go sell hot dogs? Yeah, <laughs> he thought it was gonna go, uh, like so work funny. with this guy in the Yeah, and um, so we laughed, and uh, he gave me a big hug, and he said, "You know, um, you got you got to follow, you got to follow your heart." Yeah, definitely. And I think most people understood that, and um, you know, have supported that. And uh, I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm 20 years in now, mm-hmm. and uh, are there long days? Yeah. Are there difficult days in any walk of life? Right. Yeah. But I got to say, no regrets. Yeah. You know, it's put me in touch with some wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to walk with people in, 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 in some very, very high moments mm-hmm. and also from very difficult moments. And um, Do you think about your dad a lot, too? Like what he would have said? Yeah. When he entered? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, uh, when he passed, you mm-hmm. know, my, my mom asked me to clean out the trunk of his car just okay. to get, you know, things together. And, um, you know, I didn't know my dad to be a particularly re- religious guy, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't like he was dragging us to church every Sunday. Right, right. And I was cleaning out the trunk of his car because we just had to, you know, get things together. And uh, I found, like, some dry cleaning that he hadn't taken to the cleaners and uh, and a bottle of vodka in the back of the trunk because he was a bit of a drinker. And, um, mm-hmm. and a library book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took the library book out of the trunk and I looked at it and it was uh, The Confessions of St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And he had checked it out in uh, February. Okay. And he passed away in May. And I, I like to think that it might have been the, one of the last books that he was reading right. before he passed. Yeah, that's really cool. And and so uh, I didn't know St. Augustine. Right. And, and I hadn't gone to Villanova yet, so I didn't know any Augustinians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I read the book that summer. And um, really because of my dad. Right. And I came to meet um, this person in Augustine who was a sinner before he was a saint who chased a lot of things that we chase, who who found his peace and his destiny through his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, he got to help a lot of people mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah. And so um, I think my dad would be happy that in some uh, way he helped pass on some of that wisdom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And do you think of your dad in a positive light now? I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah, because, you know... Um, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to focus mm-hmm. on, the, on the negative. Right. And I always love, there's a line in scripture in the Old Testament that, that says, don't be a stiff-necked people. Okay. And when you have a stiff neck, right. you're kind of stuck. And you're just kind of fixated and focused in one particular direction. Okay. And if you're, and if you're, a, if you're, a, if you're a stiff-necked person and you're just focused on the loss, on the grave, right. on the absence... Uh, on where he's not, right? then you kind of miss the totality of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have a stiff neck, you can see more of a, 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 a broader view. Yeah. You know? Right. And the, the whole panorama of, of, the, of the experience. Right, right. And I feel like 
that's what grace does. I think that's what time does. Mm -hmm. I think that's what healing does. It takes the focus just off the dark and the negative and the pain and say, wow, look how much I've gotten from this. Mm -hmm. It's like that old Dr. Seuss line. Yeah. You know, um, don't cry because it's over. Right. Smile because it happened. Right. Definitely. You know, and how much I've been able to take from mm -hmm. that relationship. And also the, the, you know, one of the lines in the, in the funeral liturgy mm -hmm. is life has changed, not okay. ended. Okay. And so I feel like, you know, my relationship with him has obviously changed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not going out and having a beer or having a coffee together. Right, maybe, right. Maybe I would have liked. Yeah. But, so it's changed but not ended. Okay. And that doesn't mean he still doesn't inspire me mm -hmm. um, through a, a book, uh, a song on the radio, mm -hmm. uh, a phrase that I might find myself saying that he used to say. Mm -hmm. Some type of inspiration that comes out of left field. Yeah. And it's just kind of a wink and a nod, like, oh, okay, you're still with me. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that. And then um, I had a friend who lost his dad. I guess he's brand new age, senior in high school. He's my age, a little bit older, and he called me like when it happened. That's the other thing. I feel like people I've entered into, into this club a little yeah, bit. Yeah, people yeah, 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 yeah. But um, he was really nice. He called me and just to see how everything was going. And he said he's I guess thirty two now, and he said that he thinks of his dad in a positive light now. Yeah, so he's like it will get better. Yes, yeah. there's a concept so. in theology uh, called the wounded healer, mm -hmm. and I think um, some of the most compassionate people that we know. Some of the most understanding people we know mm -hmm. uh, are people who've, who've gone through the fire. Mm -hmm. And because they've gone through the fire, they have a certain identification and empathy with others who have. Right. You know, and I love, you know, kind of fast forward it back to the sports. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everybody loves to, you know, hold up Jay Wright. Like, oh, wow, you know, he, right, he's right. at the top of the mountain. Yeah. Well, his family knows and people who are close to him know. Right. There was a time when he wasn't at the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, when 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 he was thirteen and nineteen. Right. And and had a losing record. Yeah. Or didn't get all the best recruits. And and what that experience was like mm -hmm. and what you learned. Right. And the resiliency and the faith um, that you have to have to mm -hmm. kind of come out of the valley that kind of brings you into this new this next chapter mm -hmm. in your life. For sure. And yeah. when you come through those experiences, um, I think you have great appreciation and gratitude mm -hmm. for, for the now. Okay. But it also, I think, gives you a certain kind of empathy and identification for somebody else who, who might be struggling. Right, exactly. And I exactly. see them reach out to other coaches. Yeah. And, and, and those who, who aren't cutting down the nets and winning right. national championships and okay. offering them words of encouragement. Yeah. Because he wasn't always at the top of the mountain. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In our interview, he told a funny story about how he used to play um, – it's a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. Is yeah. that the name of the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When times were really bad. Yeah. And he yeah, was really, playing yeah. in the locker room. And he's like, people thought I was a little bit crazy, but he kept him going. <laughs> yeah. He loosens up that stiff neck. Yeah, you know? exactly. You're just seeing all the losses. Yeah. You know, they, they pile up on you. Yeah. Um, but uh, backtracking a little bit, so you were 32 when you entered the priesthood. I think a lot of listeners might not know how long that takes to actually become a priest. Yeah. And I actually didn't know. I went to Catholic school all my life <laughs> except Penn. But, um... And I, I don't know if anyone ever taught us like how long it actually takes. So we'd love for you to go through that a little bit. Yeah, I, I felt like, um, and that was maybe another part of my reluctance because I did find out how long mm -hmm. it was going to take. And okay. I was like, you know, geez, after all this, you know, undergrad and law school and practice, like, yeah. I'm going to go back to the bottom of the mountain. Right. Go back to school. Like, yeah. Freshman all over. I was thinking you must have read so many books. Oh, you, you do. do Villanova and law school and then... Yes. Becoming a priest. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I yeah. think that's why my eyes are a little blurry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I go for the big font now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it actually took six years. Mm. And and so you're basically going back for a four-year master's mm. in theology. Um, in, in, at this time, it was at um, Washington Theological Union and uh, Catholic University in okay. Washington, D.C. Got it. So I moved down to Washington D.C. Mm. to an Augustinian community okay. with one other with one other student in my class. Okay. So wow. if you talk to a lot of you know old timers, they'll yeah. say I'm in the seminary with you know 40, 50, 60, 100 kids in the right. Event, you know, and so the times were different. They okay. weren't you know flocking to come in, mm -hmm. and that was kind of a gut check too. Okay. You know? Am I doing this you know because everybody's doing it, or mm -hmm. do I really feel like I'm called? Whether there's right. one or fifty people in my class. Okay. And um, so, you know, 
uh, back to theology, uh, four years, and then add in there uh, another year, what they call the novitiate. Okay. And that's basically basically like a year-long retreat mm-hmm. where you're not in school and okay. you're not working. And in this case, you're in Racine, Wisconsin, which I like to call the middle of the middle of nowhere. Nowhere, okay, right? yeah. And there's a parish there. It's a beautiful setting. It's on okay. Lake Michigan. And it's an opportunity to, an opportunity that most of us never have in life mm-hmm. to read, reflect, okay. to have a mentor in other Augustinians. Right. And to really kind of discern whether or not God is really calling me to this life. Yeah. And then at the end of that year, you know, if the Augustinians and you both believe that you're called to this, then you then you come back and resume your theological studies. Okay. So first year you take classes, second year you go away. Okay. Come back for um, a, uh, another uh, three years. Okay. And then right before you're ordained, you have what you call a pastoral year, which a lot of us would refer to as an internship. Internship. Okay. So Got I haven't it. been ordained yet. Yeah. I'm not a priest, but. They'll assign you to uh, a school or a parish okay. or a ministry, and you work there at, for the year as mm-hmm. I was brother Rob, not father Rob. Okay, interesting. And I, I worked um, at uh, our Mother of Good Council, mm-hmm. which is a parish and a grade school okay. in Staten Island, New York. Okay. And it happened to be in 2001 okay. uh, during the year of 9 11. Oh, wow. And as the crow flies, yeah. This parish was five miles from Lower Manhattan. Okay. And so we had a good number of people who worked in the towers. We had people who were uh, New York City firemen, uh, New York City uh, policemen, who were all in this community yeah. uh, that I was a part of okay. uh, d- during that time in our country. Mm-hmm. And you can literally see the skyline of, of Lower Manhattan from sure, the church yeah. parking lot. Okay. And I remember it like it was this morning. Yeah. Coming out of the 8 o'clock mass and seeing all of our parishioners gathered in the parking lot. Right. Looking at the first tower. Wow. Uh, having been hit. Yeah. And us standing there saying, you know, boy, that, that's just so strange how, you know, it's such a clear day. Right. That happened. And as we were standing there, the second tower got hit. Wow. Right before, our eyes. Right, right before your eyes. And then, you know, the rest, the rest of those days and weeks and months unfolded um, with... Uh, just an incredible uh, time to grieve, um, to rely on faith. Uh, we had, you know, numbers of people who, who, who died in the community, whose funerals we celebrated, uh, who were grieving, who, mm-hmm. who uh, were questioning, who were angry. Yeah. Uh, as we all know, you know, you could literally smell in the air the rubble and the burning wires yeah. that were in the air for, for, for weeks, okay. if not months. Um, and it really, really solidified, um, I think, my, my decision mm-hmm. to, to serve in this way. The opportunity to, um, to see how people need to come together. Um, it's okay to question God. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how can we believe in a God that allows suffering and violence yeah. and death? And, and yet we believe in a God who, who suffers with us. Mm-hmm. That, that even Jesus didn't avoid the cross, right? But had people help him carry his cross, okay, and and rise from them, and and so I I found that through that cross in 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 our country, mm-hmm. um, people, families, communities rose mm-hmm. because they didn't give up, right? Because they came together um, to to pass on to the next generation of kids that that we don't want them to be afraid mm-hmm. to go back to school mm-hmm. and to walk around and to feel like that they can't live in a country where they can't still be free. Mm-hmm. And and so I felt like it was a real gut check. Right. And uh, at the end of that year, I came back, completed my theology, um, was ordained right here on the campus of Villanova, cool. where I went to yeah. school, said my first mass at St. Dodd's, back mm-hmm. where I grew up. Oh, that's really cool. And then um, having had the law degree and the experience that I had coming in was assigned to work in uh, university compliance and athletics. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what year was this again? 2003. Oh, right out. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And, uh, partnered up with coach Wright and coach Tally at mm-hmm. the time. And, um, and, and, and really most of our other teams in terms of trying to provide, you know, that kind of spiritual support, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we're trying to make everybody Catholic. Yeah. It doesn't mean we're chasing everybody around, you know, trying to hit them over the head with the Bible. Right. 
I think a lot of ways my role is to be a listener. Okay. Um, you're, you were a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I think the life for a student athlete is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Your life is so scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so much on your plate. Uh, I feel like in a lot of ways you have a million people telling you what to do mm-hmm. and where to be, whether it's a coach or uh, a faculty member or, you know, just an advisor. And, and I feel like with so many people telling you what to do, uh, I think my role is to not, to not to be another one of those people. Right. And to maybe just be a person who, who wants to listen. Okay. And to give you an opportunity to say, hey, this is what's going on in my life mm-hmm. or this is what I'm carrying at this moment. Okay. Uh, I had a wonderful Augustinian uh, mentor who is now deceased. He was uh, Father Bill Atkinson. He was the first quadriplegic ever ordained a priest. Oh, wow. He spent his whole life in a wheelchair. Yeah. And he said, you know, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to be a listener. Mm-hmm. And interesting, going all the way back to some of the things we already talked about, but, you know, as a bartender. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and just the other experiences in my life where you... Um, we're called to just listen to people. Right. And everybody has a broken heart. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that they're concerned or worried about. Yeah. And sometimes you can't fix their problem. Mm-hmm. But you're just an opportunity to let them get it out. Right. And um, so I feel like in a lot of ways that's been my role here with the, the student mm-hmm. athletes. Is a, it's kind of a sounding board. Yeah. And you're a track one for basketball and football? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Got it. But as administrator, I work in yeah. the department, so you're interfacing with... With everything, yeah. Well, yes. Okay. So you get... You so know. what does your daily day look like, too? Because mm-hmm. I know everyone knows about the basketball. Right. But the other stuff that goes on, too. I, I, you know, one of the beauty... You know, the, the beautiful part about it is no day is the same. Okay. And, okay. and, it's, and it's... I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Um, you kind of have your to-do list, mm-hmm. and then all the things that happen... Happen that weren't on your to-do yeah. list. Um, my, my... You know, my... My title mm-hmm. or my job description has me um, oversee our sports medicine department. Okay. Which means I interface very closely with our uh, athletic trainers, mm-hmm. with our team doctors. Okay. Um, a lot of policy and protocol, you know, in terms yeah. of health and safety. Sure. You know, concussion management. Okay. Uh, are we are we making sure that health and safety is at the forefront of everything that we're doing? Okay. Um, not that we're perfect, mm-hmm. but it's a good goal. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, um, you know, I've been, uh, along with others entrusted to help make sure that we're, we're doing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my, unfortunately, a lot of my day consists of meetings. Okay. We just had our head coaches meeting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where we'll, we'll bring in every head coach, mm-hmm. um, of every sport that we have here mm-hmm. and talk about best practices. We might have a topic or title nine. Yeah. Um, you know, health and safety, nutrition. Um, we do a lot of programming for our student athletes in, in the areas of leadership, mm-hmm. life skills, okay. decision making. So I work closely with that kind of programming. Okay. Um, as you know, as a student athlete, there's um, NCAA drug testing uh, sure, that yeah. we get involved mm-hmm. in. So I help oversee that. Okay. Uh, again, not because we want to inter- interfere with your privacy. Yeah. But because um, these are the realities of being a student athlete. Right. For and sure. So you want to pay attention to what you're putting in your body. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times these conversations, whether it's um, in academic support mm-hmm. or in the training room or in the weight room, can often uncover something that might be going on in, in a kid's life. Yeah. You know Definitely, what I mean? yeah. And so I'll work closely with, you know, the strength coaches or the assistant trainers. And they might come in and say, hey, you know, I think so-and-so's mm-hmm. struggling. Okay. And then that can be an opportunity to have a larger conversation. Right. Not about what's going on in the field, but how are you doing? Yeah. And then not because I can solve all those problems, mm-hmm. but maybe we can make a referral to the counselors. Right, exactly. Or to the careers resource center. Yeah. And, and I think often what we find in life is, there are resources around, mm-hmm. not that we have all the answers, but can we put people in touch with other people who might be able to help? Right. And I feel like that's a big part of what I do is helping okay. people make those connections. Those connections, yeah. And so that's that's a large part of my day. Okay. And then, you know, as an Augustinian on campus, there is kind of that spiritual piece mm-hmm. of, you know, I'll say mass on, right. on campus, yeah. um, you know, whether it's during the week or... 
That chapel is awesome. Isn't by that way. fun? Yeah, yeah, that's a really beautiful chapel. Nice little oasis on campus. Yeah. You know, maybe a little twenty-minute hit. We know right. that you know maybe it's a lunchtime deal where mm -hmm. you don't want to you know hold people for an hour and a half. Yeah. But just in the it's course called of your... Core Hall, right? Core Hall. So for list Core Hall, yeah, for listeners to know, it's not St. Thomas. No. The huge church it's right next door. Exactly right. So for anyone who wants to go, there you go. Time on nice Tuesdays. plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little, little Tuesday hit. Yeah. You know, as a student athlete, you know, yeah. I talk all the time to our, our, our student athletes. Faith mm -hmm. is like any other muscle. Mm -hmm. And you exercise it, and then it sustains us in our weaker moments. Mm -hmm. And you don't, and it kind of atrophies like any other muscle. So, yeah, why not go for the trifecta? Why not go for, you know, healthy mind, mm -hmm. healthy body, and healthy spirit? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, what am I doing to kind of cultivate my, my spirit? You know, maybe a, a little reflection in the morning. You know, maybe yeah, maybe a little a little mass during during the week. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, maybe just take a walk and collect my thoughts, whatever right. it might be. Um, and then and then you know, in the larger church on the weekends, I'll help out in the evening masses. Okay. Um, again, you know, we know a lot of college kids aren't up before noon on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. So we have evening. You know, five thirty, right. seven, and nine. Okay. And I like to say it's like last call for mass. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And I mean, it's nothing more inspiration inspirational for an Augustinian to go up and say mass and have, you know, standing room only, mm. you know, 418 to 22 year olds yeah. or others, people from the neighborhood and, and people who just, you know, want to come. They're not all Catholic. The music is, uh, is uplifting. The students are the greeters. The students mm. bring up the collection. The students make the announcements. It's their mass. Mm. And, um, it just shows you like there is kind of a hunger and a thirst for kind of a, uh, a spiritual side, mm, and so I'll I'll help with others. We kind of rotate those that schedule okay. and, and say some of the masses. Got on, it. On so you have a busy day all day, and then you do mass here and yeah. there, and then yeah. um, where does the the basketball come in? Like yesterday, there's a game. So how does yeah. that all work with like the pregame homily yeah. and everything else? And then you get to sit with them every yeah. day, right? Which yeah. is really cool. Very cool. Yeah. All my buddies who can't get season tickets. Yeah. Like, you know, if I knew I could have got a seat, I would have thought about becoming we a priest. priest. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But it's, and we're kind of doing double duty because we've okay. got basketball and football going on right now. Okay, yeah. So just for example, like Saturday, we play, mm -hmm. we'll play football at, at one o'clock. Okay. And we play basketball at eight o'clock. Okay. And so we'll do a football mass at nine o'clock. Okay. And we'll do a pregame prayer service for the basketball team at four o'clock. Okay. So it's going to be a marathon day, which wow. I'm happy to be a part of. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it, it is a credit to, I think, the tradition here. This mm -hmm. is not something I came up with. Right. This is something that's been going on here literally for decades. Okay. That um, it's part of our preparation. Mm -hmm. And so four hours before every game. Okay. All right. You know, um, there's there's a routine. And, and as a student athlete, you know, like, mm -hmm. there's a value in routine. Routine. Definitely. You know, yeah. when am I going to eat? When am I going to get taken? Right. You know, um, you know, when am I going to stretch? Yeah. And so we'll incorporate this kind of spiritual piece mm -hmm. into the, the pregame routine. Okay. And that means four hours before every contest, we'll come together. And um, as we did last night, we opened the season last night. Yeah. In State, and uh, we'll, 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 I'll pick a passage from scripture. Mm -hmm. And it usually is from the day. You know, it's not, you know, I usually try not to just pull something out of thin air. But okay. Let, let the kind of the, the spirit dictate what, what that reading is mm -hmm. and um, offer the reading and then a reflection. You know, how, how does this apply to our life? Okay. You know, if it's just a reading from a book and it has no application, then it's meaningless. Right. But, you know, yesterday was election day. Mm -hmm. It was game day. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's issues going on in our country. There's mm -hmm. conflict. There's, uh, you know, uh, you want to perform to your best. You, maybe you're nervous. Maybe you're a freshman. Okay. Uh, maybe you're a senior and you're and you're anxious about graduation. Mm -hmm. Try to kind of touch on what are our issues on the table that day. Right. Yeah. And and then see how the word connects to that. You know. Yeah. And usually it's word of of peace. Mm -hmm. Of don't worry. Okay. Of do your best. Of do it together. You know. Often uh, that word is is simple change of a pronoun from I got to do this, I got to play this, mm -hmm. I got to succeed. Change the I to we. Me, yeah. We. Mm -hmm. Me and God. Me and my spirit. Me mm -hmm. and my teammates. Me yeah. and my family. And when it's we, it kind of takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. You're still going to perform. Yeah. But you don't feel like all the weight's on your shoulders. Sure, yeah. You know, and I think that's a good reminder for all of us. So we'll do that. 
And then we'll do prayer intentions. Mm. You know, um, maybe maybe somebody had a member of their family pass away. Mm. Uh, maybe somebody has uh, a member in the military who just got deployed. Mm. Maybe somebody's grandmother just had a stroke. Okay. Uh, maybe somebody's cousin just went to prison. Mm. Let's put our prayer intentions, you know, mm. before the Lord to remember, like that person's not in it by themselves. And so we kind of do this kind of collective prayer, whether you're Catholic or not, calling upon our one spirit. I like to say, before we take our food, we take our spiritual food. Mm. So when we're on the road, we'll do that prayer service right in the dining room. Right, yeah. And if we're in a Marriott and all the chicken and the fish, you can smell it. It's sitting right there. Yeah. And we'll say, before we're going to take our food, let's take our spiritual food. Okay. We'll do that. We'll close it up with a prayer. And then we'll have our meal. And then when we get in the locker room, when we get to the arena, mm. uh, we'll all lock arms. Okay. And before Coach Wright says a word about the game, about mm. the execution, about the strategy, you know, we'll say a prayer, you know, in thanksgiving to God for the opportunity to compete and mm. do our best. Yeah. And then win, lose, or draw. And you can imagine, you know, you lose an overtime at the buzzer. Yeah. Or you, you come in, and before anything is talked about the game, mm. we lock arms and say a prayer in thanksgiving. Okay. And, and I think it's, it's kind of like anchors. It's kind of like bookends. Mm-hmm. We begin and end that way. And then everything that happens in the middle, you know, we offer up. And then hopefully we, we decide how we're going to keep score. Right. So if you're going to keep score just by what your win and losses are and how many yeah. points you score, that's very limited. Mm-hmm. But if we keep score by, you know, um, valuing everybody's contribution, uh, recognizing the managers, Recognizing the kids who do the laundry, mm. recognizing uh, the walk-ons, recognizing maybe somebody who, who only played two minutes, mm. but right. celebrating all of our collective contributions, now it's kind of a, a wider appreciation of, of what we're doing. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. So the 2016-2018, you were there when they won the championship yeah. game, which was super cool. Yes. Um, but you've also saw them go through a lot of defeat leading up to that. So I think yeah. people forget that, that... Those, uh, that didn't point. happen overnight. And yeah. um, so I'd love for you to touch on that. Because yeah. you've been there since the beginning with Coach Wright. Just um, about. Yeah. 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 And so the listeners know that there's always defeat. Everyone, That's you know, such a good point. Yeah. Experiences I mean, setbacks, yeah. You know, some of the little mantras that we'll talk about, um, one being, uh, before, before you're a winner, you have mm-hmm. to be a loser. Okay. And talk to anybody you know. Mm-hmm. You know, politicians have won elections, uh, people in business. Um, anyone who's had success has also had to know failure, mm-hmm. right? And and to be able to um, get up and go through that experience, mm-hmm. um, I, I you know tying it back to the word, you know, when Jesus journeyed from Galilee to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the most direct way from Galilee to Jerusalem was through Samaria. Okay. All right. But most people wouldn't go through Samaria. They would take the circuitous route around Samaria mm-hmm. to Jerusalem because Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. So why would you want to go through that hassle and conflict mm-hmm. and tension? But when Jesus journeyed from Galilee to mm-hmm. Jerusalem, he went through Samaria. Yeah. And he said, look, I know, I know this is going to be difficult, but we might make some friends there. We might learn some things about them and about us that we didn't know if we had avoided it, mm-hmm. if we had gone around the situation. Right. And so, yeah, there might be some tension. There mm-hmm. might be some conflict, but we're not going to avoid it. We're going to go through it and see what we learn, and mm-hmm. see how we can change minds and hearts. Mm-hmm. And so you just think about it in your own life. You know, there are things that we'd rather go around mm-hmm. that we can't and we have to go through them. Mm-hmm. You know, loss of a parent, mm-hmm. uh, people that we know that are that have a bad diagnosis, a bad CAT scan, mm-hmm. they're sick and suffering. Yeah. And, and the issue is we can't go around those things, mm-hmm. but we go through them. The key being we don't go through them alone. We go through them together. And we go through them with grace. Mm-hmm. And we go through them with spirit. Mm-hmm. And we go through them with courage. And we come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in a tunnel, you're in a train and you go through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw your tickets away and jump off the train. Right. You stay on the train mm-hmm. and you trust the conductor to lead you through the dark to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of, you know, everybody loves to talk about 16 and 18. Right. Wow, you guys cut the nets down. Yeah. Two out of three. Mm-hmm. And, and Coach Wright would be the first one to tell you, you can't talk about 16 and 18 mm-hmm. without talking about 15. Right. 2015, we were in a locker room in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. with a lot of the same guys who mm-hmm. cut those nets down in 16, mm-hmm. who were in tears, yeah. with broken hearts, who felt like failures. Mm-hmm. They lost they, in the second round, we right? Lost so in, is, yeah. It was the okay. first weekend. 
okay. in the second game. Mm. Um, because, because. Mm -hmm. And maybe there were things that we could have done better. Maybe there are things that we learned. They were, you know, and everybody sees these guys on TV and they're big, strong, and, and, and confident. And they're mm -hmm. in the locker room in tears. Right. And, and what we said in, in that locker room in 15 mm -hmm. is let's not let this define who we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. We, we, we have to be, we can't be defined by the score or by a loss. There's too much more here to be celebrated, mm -hmm. the relationships, the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And so it was from that defeat and, and many defeats before that where, you know, the wisdom and, 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 and the losing seasons and, and the recruits that you didn't get mm -hmm. and, and, and the takeaways from some of the, the broken dreams mm -hmm. that really served as the foundation for 2016. Okay. And one of the things that we said in 2016 all throughout that year was our humility is our strength. Mm -hmm. You know, humility, hummus, from the ground. When you're grounded, when you know that you're not all that, mm -hmm. when you know that you still have things to work on, then you can get better. Mm -hmm. If you think you're all that, if you think you're at the top of the mountain, well, why would you work any harder? Right. And so St. Augustine has this great line. Do not be content with what you are mm -hmm. if you want to become what you are not yet. Okay. Where you've grown pleased with yourself, there you shall remain. Mm -hmm. Keep pushing forward. Okay. And sometimes that's what a defeat does. Mm -hmm. One of the great trial attorneys that I know in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. if you get in trouble, you want to call this okay. guy. He's mm -hmm. a wizard. He is extremely successful. He failed the bar. Not once, not twice. He failed the bar exam three times. Wow. And I guarantee you, his clients get on their knees and thank God he persevered. Mm -hmm. And he pushed through that Samaria, he pushed mm -hmm. through that tunnel, he pushed through that darkness, and he came out on the other side a very strong, seasoned, grounded person mm -hmm. and very, very exceptional litigator. Mm -hmm. He attributes a lot of that success to some of the failure and the toil and the struggle that he goes mm -hmm. through. Yeah. And, and I look at people like Ryan Archidiacono and Chris Jenkins. Everybody likes to talk about the shot Chris Jenkins hit. Yeah. And I tell, you know, I, I talk to a lot of kids like CYO Banquets and little right, sixth right. graders. You know how many air balls Chris Jenkins has shot? Mm -hmm. A lot. Right. And they have a they have a, a saying that they'll say, like they'll scream out on the bench, mm -hmm. like when you, you know, you shoot an air ball or you commit a foul or you make a turnover. Next play. Next play. Right. And I find that's what the great ones have an ability to do. They have short memories. Okay. So that, you know, you and I make a mistake. And we're so stiff-necked and preoccupied with the mistake that it affects our present. Mm -hmm. It affects our next move. Mm -hmm. Whereas the great ones, they have an ability to flush it, mm -hmm. to let it go, to leave it behind. Mm -hmm. You know, next play. Yeah. Next play. And I, you know, to kind of correlate it back to the word, I would say that's 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 translated to you're forgiven. Move mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You know, let it go. I love Don't that. Don't define yeah. yourself by any one particular mistake because mm -hmm. you're more than that right and those people who remember that you know tiger woods has won a lot of golf tournaments mm -hmm. not because he had the ball in the fairway all the time right but because he was able to get out of the rough mm -hmm. to chip out of the sand yeah to if you put one in the water take a drop and move on yeah and make a par and keep going right and i find that that's where coach wright and this program you know, has really come, not because they were always at the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. but because they came through some of the valleys and the dark times right. and they never forgot what they learned. Yeah. You I know? love that yeah. for sure. Um, and like I said, I interviewed Coach Wright and he talks a lot about the, you know, humility and humbleness they practice, yeah. especially even when they won, right. he always reminded them to stay humble too. Well, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of close the loop on that story. Yeah. So in 2015, you know, big mistake. Lost first weekend. Yeah. Tumbling. Tumbling. Yeah. Don't define yourself by, by mm -hmm. this. All right. Fast forward. Cut the nets down. Yeah. Right. Everybody's got confetti in their ears. Right. Right. Back in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Right. First thing we do. Say a prayer. Mm -hmm. And Thanksgiving for the opportunity for where we are. Mm -hmm. All right. Next thing Coach Wright says. 
let's not let this define who we are. Right. Into success. Yeah. Let's not let this be the best thing that ever happens to us. Mm. Let's use this experience to make an impact on somebody else's mm. life. Yeah. And and I can tell you, quite frankly, so that was Monday night, Tuesday, we came home, you know, they closed off I-95, mm. we just escort back to campus. Yeah. Wednesday afternoon, Ryan Archidiakono and Daniel Bucheffo mm -hmm. were in the house of a family in Havertown who have a young boy with cancer. Yeah. And really cool. You know, ESPN and ABC, they all wanted to come in with cameras and they mm -hmm. said, no, this is just for us and the family. Right. Let's use this to make an impact on some people. Other people, yeah. And I give a lot of uh, credit to Coach Wright, who really uh, promotes these values. Mm -hmm. Um, recruits student athletes and families who are about these values. Mm. It can't just be about winning basketball. Games. Right. Otherwise, we're always exactly. Yeah, I love the stories. Um, so, like I said, you're really good at giving homilies. I feel like we've already learned so much, and we can't uh, touch on everything. But there's a few things I wanted to ask you, just to give you know uh, some messages to the listeners. Yes. So uh, we talked about the importance of humility. I yes. love that story. And then I think trusting God's plan is a big one. Yes. Because I think people, especially my age, 31, yeah. they want things to happen instantaneously. Oh, uh, good um, Yeah, and a lot of things can happen, you know, with the, um, like, downloading music, you can do that quickly. You can order right. on Amazon. But and then they race to get other things done, like uh, marrying the right person and keeping up with everyone, having kids. Right. And so, um, and even in the days of, like, Instagram, everyone's scrolling and right. everything looks perfect. But everyone right. knows, you know, nothing's perfect. Um so I'd love for you to touch on the importance of being patient and trusting what God has in plan for you. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that that is one of the most popular themes, really for all of us, Yeah. but particularly of this generation. Mm -hmm. It's a on-demand generation, like mm -hmm. you said. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a lot younger than I, but you know, my generation, if we wanted to hear our favorite song, we had to wait for it to come on the radio. radio. Yeah. Right now it's boom, this right. downloaded. And 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 so, you know, patience is a is a really uh, is is, is uh, very very difficult for all of us. Mm -hmm. And um, as you may know, uh, tap the rock is a, ma a mantra we use mm -hmm. around the department a lot. Yeah. It comes from the parable of the stone cutter. Okay. So you know, back in the day, the stone cutter goes out. And, you know, this is 2,000 years ago and no power tools, no jackhammer, mm -hmm. right? His job is to, to break the rock, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all he's got is his hammer right? and, and his brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they go out and they tap on the rock and tap on the rock and tap on the rock and yeah. it doesn't break. Right. And your job is to break the rock. You wake up the next morning and you tap on the rock and you tap on the rock and it doesn't break. Mm -hmm. And morning after morning, day after day, mm -hmm. night after night, you tap on that rock and it doesn't break. Mm -hmm. Until one day it breaks. Yeah. And it wasn't just the last tap on the rock mm. that made it break, but all the thousands that went before. All the days, all the practices, all the all the alarm clocks, all the all the workouts, mm. all the mistakes, all the challenges that that helped break that rock. Mm. And, and so, so much of life is about perseverance. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a parable in the, in the gospel about the parable of the fig tree. And so the owner comes out and, uh, and, and he sees the fig tree and he says to the gardener, look, I've been coming out here for three years. There's no figs on that tree. Mm -hmm. Cut it down. Yeah. And the gardener says, look, don't cut it down. Let me, let me keep cultivating the soil. Let mm -hmm. me pull the weeds and the rocks out. Yeah. And let, let's see if you know, over time we can still get figs here. Mm -hmm. And and so the point being is like, I never knew much about fig trees. Mm -hmm. yeah. It turns out a fig tree can go for years without producing a single fig. Wow. And so, so much of our lives don't bear fruit right away. Right. And, and so we get impatient when there's no fruit on the tree. Mm -hmm. When the reality is it might just call for more pulling the weeds, okay. pulling the rocks. And just because something hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Okay. And you know that 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 line that says faith is the substance of those things hoped for mm -hmm. and not yet seen. Okay. If we had a crystal ball and knew exactly how this year was going to turn out for mm -hmm. both of us, mm -hmm. that wouldn't take faith. Yeah. Because we can see how it's going to go. Exactly. But when you can't see, and you keep getting up every morning, mm -hmm. and you keep working, and you keep trusting, and you keep trying to do the right thing. 
and you keep asking for forgiveness when you make a mistake and you keep tapping on the rock, you get fruit. Mm-hmm. And you don't know when it's going to come and you don't know when that rock's going to break. But your faith tells you it does. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice when there are experiences in life when you can you can see that happen because mm-hmm. then it validates it. Right, exactly. And I felt like, you know, in, in it, you know, obviously every every season doesn't end in a championship. Right. But, you know, it's like that line, life is a, a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. value in tapping the rock. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And there's value in tapping it together, even even though it hasn't broken yet. Right. And if you talk to, you know, your student athletes and yeah. your friends, you know, they're the things you remember. Mm-hmm. When you come back from reunion, just yeah. like, oh, remember those practices, remember those early morning runs we had to go on? Right, right. And it's just like we went through it together. Remember, yeah. And there was value in that. Yeah. You know, not because you came home with the trophy. Right. Or because you won every race. Yeah. But because we did it together. Right. You know? Definitely, yeah. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Because I think people forget that, um, you know, the small things you do every day sometimes make the biggest impact on people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. You know, um, there's a parable Jesus talks about, you know, what's the kingdom of God like? You know, and people think like it's going to be this big mountain or this mighty oak tree. You yeah. know, this, and he talks about the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, what can come from that? Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into a pizzeria that's been around, you know, for 25 years mm-hmm. and they got that crusty old dollar bill hanging up on the wall mm-hmm. because... You know, great-grandfather came over here with no money in his pocket, and that's the first dollar that, that he made. And from these little beginnings came so much. And so, so much of life, isn't it, you know, about the little things? Mm-hmm. You know, about, uh, you know, maybe a coach who, who uh, took an interest in you when you were a kid, or... Mm-hmm. Uh, a smile that somebody offered you at the, at the Wawa, mm-hmm. you know, um, it doesn't have to be these great things, right. you know, it's like these little mustard seed moments. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember this uh, story about this um, uh, mom and dad who were, who were divorced and the dad uh, didn't have custody and he really wasn't feeling good about himself mm-hmm. and he had just lost his job and he was difficulty making, um, his payments um, and and just keeping up with his responsibilities, and um, he was dropping off his daughter at at uh, softball practice, and uh, you know he, he was really feeling like a failure. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before she got out of the car, uh, she said, "I love you, Daddy." Mm-hmm. And he said that one phrase restored his will to live. Mm-hmm. And it didn't cost a million dollars. It probably took about three seconds to say. And it changed his life. Mm. And, and so we can be those little mustard seeds. You know, I think that Coach Wright does a wonderful job uh, within the program of celebrating the mustard seeds. Mm. It's easy to talk about Chris Jenkins, who made the big shot. Right. It's easy to talk about Dante DiVincenzo, who mm-hmm. scored 30 on Monday night and got mm-hmm. drafted in the first round of the right. day. But how about the guys that do the laundry? Mm-hmm. Um, how about the moms and dads who work two jobs so that these kids could go and, and go to the high schools that they went to and have the opportunities that they were provided? Mm-hmm. And nobody's doing a 30 for 30 about you know somebody's right. mom. Uh, these are the little mustard seeds of faith that really change lives. Mm. And um, I think as leaders, as, uh, you know, uh, people who are, uh, you know, running companies and institutions, mm. it's important to really highlight and celebrate the, the mustard seeds mm. and not just the obvious, you know, the, the you know, the kind of uh, front page right. know, successes. Mm. Um, and the things that, that often might go unnoticed unappreciated, Mm -hmm. uncompensated, um, every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that homily. That's what you had told, um, at a match recently. Yeah. 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 Which was great. Yeah. And the other thing you said is too, is, um, writing appreciation notes to people can go a really long way. And that's just, um, it can take like five or 10 minutes. Such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think we've touched on all the, um, we go on for a really long time, <laughs> but um, I don't want to keep you for uh, too much longer. So the last thing I do with my guests is the rapid fire questions. Yeah. So these are quick. Um, right. So when you think of the word success, who do you think of? And it can be more than one person. I think my mom. Okay. Single mother. Yeah. Uh, lost her husband in the uh, prime of her life. Mm -hmm. um, four kids. Never gave up. Um, kept the faith. Would walk to church to uh, six thirty mass uh, every morning, and then catch the trolley and uh, work as a secretary in the bank, and then was home mm -hmm. to uh, you know um, kind of keep the keep the family together. So you know, I have great respect for what she did, her work ethic, her faith. Um, it's left a lasting impression on mm -hmm. me. I love that. Um, and then what advice would you give to your 30-year-old self? I'm 31, so that's a selfish question. Uh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Um, I think, maybe it's true of everybody, but I know it's true of myself. Um, I think we're, we're all very uh, preoccupied with what other people think, mm -hmm. um, with how what we do, how it's going to look. Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to um, just following your heart. Mm -hmm. um, be bold. Um, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that from other successful people that I've watched that um, have fallen down publicly mm -hmm. and, 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 and have gotten up and risen to new heights. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes Fear can paralyze us. Mm. It can keep us from our destiny. It can keep us from our greatness mm. because we're afraid to look bad. Right. And um, I, I know I had a conversation with a, uh, uh, a hospice care doctor. So mm. she spent her whole life working in a hospice with people mm. who were terminally ill. Right. And one of the things that she said that she gleaned from working with these people was that so many of them had said that they wished they had been more the person that they were called to be mm -hmm. and less the person that everyone perceived them to be. To be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lesson that might come later in life. Mm -hmm. And if we can embrace it earlier and then have the courage to live that way, um, it might affect you know uh, the choices that we make mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and then if you could give one book to every person, what would it be? And like I said, I know you've read lots of books. I, I would recommend Green Bananas. Okay. Uh, never heard of that. It's by Steve McWilliams. I touched on it just briefly earlier. I mentioned Father Bill Atkinson. Yeah. Uh, OSA, okay. Augustinian. Uh, a truly inspiring story. Mm -hmm. It's not a biography. It is, it is words of wisdom mm -hmm. from a man who... Uh, I don't know how much time we have, but I'll just give you a little background. Yeah. Um, he went to Monsignor Bonner High School back in the 60s and was a just smart, wonderful, good athlete. Mm. His brother, Hal, his brother came to Villanova, played middle linebacker for Villanova, oh, cool. and uh, won Super Bowl number three mm. as captain of the New York Jets defense. Mm. That was his brother, Al. Okay. When Al uh, went to the NFL, uh, just before that, uh, Bill, out of Bonner, went into the Augustinian Seminary. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, as any kids would do in the in the seminary, horsing around on a on a uh, cold February snowy day, mm -hmm. he was tobogganing. And in the front of the toboggan where mm -hmm. he was, uh, they slammed into a tree, oh. and his spine was severed, and he was quadriplegic and never walked again for the rest of his life mm -hmm. at eighteen years old. Yeah. He talked about how many years did it take me to get through the seminary. Yeah. He spent uh, almost uh, two years at McGee Rehab. Mm -hmm. He went back in the seminary. Okay. His Augustinian brothers got him up every morning, showered, shaved, in the class. Okay. And uh, six years later for him, mm -hmm. he was the first quad quadriplegic ever ordained uh, priest in the 2000 history of the church. Wow. Uh, he never walked. He never. He could only move his shoulders. And he taught at Monsignor Bonner High School. Uh, for over 30 years mm -hmm. uh, with a smile on his face, yeah. not bitter, um, uh, with great joy, did weddings. Uh, you know, he couldn't even lift the host. Somebody mm -hmm. else next to him would, would. His first mass was right here in Jake Nevin Fieldhouse. Mm -hmm. wow. Wonderful inspiration. And um, I'm happy to say uh, his cause for canonization is now in place. Oh, wow. So he's yeah. touched so many lives that he's kind of on the first rung. Um, and Lord knows in the church we need people that we can hold up as good examples. Mm -hmm. He's certainly one. He's been designated a servant of God, 
And he's someone that people can take great inspiration from as someone who, who suffered, who literally never gave up, mm. who persevered. Talk about patience. He had to wait for everything in his life. He mm. had to wait for people to get him up in the morning. He had to wait for somebody to feed him. He had to wait for everything. And um, he touched so many lives, including mine. Mm. He was a, a, a uncle of friends of mine. And, uh, and now he's 12 years past. And this book, Green Bananas, is just kernels of wisdom from mm. Father Bill in the oh, course cool. of his life yeah. about faith, about perseverance, mm. about not giving up. Um, you know, you and I and most of us can thank God we can walk around, but that doesn't mean we're not paralyzed. Mm-hmm. We get paralyzed from fear, our inability to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think people would find inspiration from green bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, he never he never bought green bananas because he didn't know how long he was going to be around. Right. So he, he only bought ripe bananas because he was here for the year. Oh my bananas. gosh, that's thus, a tearjerker. Yeah. Title. Yeah. Um, I'll include that in my show notes too. Good. So are you going to write a book? I think you should at (laughs) some point. You can help me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think that's it. And then where can people find you, Father Rob? I know you do the Mass on Tuesdays, the Villanova Chapel, and then on Sundays too. On Sundays, I help out down at St. Paul's Parish down in uh, South Philadelphia. So I'm down in the Italian market section of of South Philadelphia every Sunday for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Wonderful neighborhood. And I go down there for the 8 and the 10 a.m. masses down there. Okay. And uh, obviously, you know, blessed to work here at Villanova mm-hmm. in the athletics department. You know, my, my name and contact information is right on the uh, website, mm-hmm. Villanova Athletics. And I'm uh, happy to, you know, kind of meet and, and walk with people, you know, as we kind of uh, go through life together. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to High Five Success Stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success. Or on Facebook, you can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.